At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, what's going on? I'm just sitting here looking like a bum again uh, with the dogs, Mother Mary, and you. And uh, this all came about because I've seen now three episodes where people run onto the basketball court screaming and yelling. One lady glued her hand to the floor. The other lady chained herself to the thing. And now the latest one, some hot chick goes running out on the court. And then this is, uh, the security guard tackles her. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What's going on with that? Well, uh, you know, they're, they're protesting um, the, the death of 5.3 million chickens. This is all I knew going into this. 5.3 million chickens died at like a chicken factory. I don't, do they call them chicken? Fa- I don't even know. Anyway, uh, Glenn Taylor is the guy who owns the Minnesota Timberwolves. So at all these Minnesota Timberwolf basketball games, uh, this these people are running out on the court. And so most people are like, who are these terrorist lunatics? Me included. But then I was like, well, you know, I'd kind of like to know more of what's going on here. So I sent an email out. Uh, first of all, I found out who was responsible for this. It's an organization called Direct Action Everywhere. Now, um, full disclosure, they do some crazy shit um, at like restaurants where they think there's a problem. That's in a nutshell. Like, you know, go into the restaurant and disrupt shit. That's what they're known for, disrupting shit. So I was like, I need to know more about this. So I reached out to... Uh, the folks over there, and I go, look, um, I'm kind of a jerk, uh, but I'll give you a fair shot. Why don't you tell me what you're trying to do here? I, I'll bite. I will talk to you. Would you? Are you interested? I invited them on. And so John Fronmayer, who is an attorney, organizer and attorney on the legal team for Direct Action Everywhere, and a nice lady by the name, and John's nice too, and a nice lady by the name of Dr. Crystal Heath. She is a veterinarian and founder of another nonprofit called Our Honor. So these are animal rights activists on the Eric Zane Show podcast. And basically, I just wanted to ask questions. Doing the old Joe Rogan, I'm just asking questions. And um, and see, you know, where they're coming from. So you may agree, you may not agree. I don't care. I just thought it was something you might be interested in. So here, here it is. My discussion with John Frohnmayer and Dr. Crystal Heath, who are affiliated with Direct Action Everywhere. Okay, so welcome. Thank you for doing this. Uh, full disclosure, I was like, who are these crazy people? What are they doing? What's going on here? <laughs> and I think, I mean, kind of let the ends justify the means because here we are. And I did, you know, I mean, is this what, is this what you need to do nowadays to be heard? Well, I mean, when you do kind of a disruptive action, it's, it's pretty hard to include the entire message in, in what you're doing. And so part of the process is 
afterwards having conversations like these and and responding to to folks who are are curious but i mean in general i would say i i do think disruptions uh, are are necessary our group has been doing investigations for years and years we did an investigation of rembrandt farms owned by glenn taylor and we released it and it got some attention but not much and and since these three women have done these disruptions the message has been amplified you know many orders of magnitude so you know it, it you know for better or for worse i think it does work i didn't know what direct action was and now i i um i know i know the website i've taken a look i'm talking to you and i figured you know, it's, uh, it's worth, it's worth a little bit of looking into. So, um, we appreciate that, Eric. Yeah. You know, and I, and I was honest with you. I, I was like, who are these crazy people? This is nuts, you know? And, and, uh, and, <laughs> and I think, um, I think a lot of people say that, do you think this, uh, is this better for you? Is there, is there a good and bad with this that, that and, and these people doing this on the basketball courts? I mean, is there, is there some negative that you hate? Well, Crystal, do you want to answer that? Because I know you, you're more ambivalent about disruptions in general. Yeah, I mean, I'm a veterinarian, but I've been trying so hard to raise awareness about ventilation shutdown. It, it, being used in our food system, I've had over 1,500 veterinarians sign on to Veterinarians Against Ventilation Shutdown, VABSD.org. And we've tried to get the AVMA to address this issue and get producers to develop alternatives, especially before they repopulate. Um, and we've been trying to raise awareness in the media about this um, and put some pressure on the AVMA and these producers to develop alternative methods that aren't so cruel to their right. animals. And we've been getting nowhere. And then DXC does their thing. And, and all of a sudden, everybody's reaching out to me and asking for interviews and wanting to learn more about ventilation shutdown and what are the alternatives and you know, what can we do moving forward? And we're really having these deep conversations that we weren't okay. able to have before this crazy action took place. So, um, yeah, I think it's a big win, actually. So um, for me at home, all I hear is Glenn Taylor had to euthanize or put down 5.3 million chickens because of avian bird flu. Is that part correct? Yes. Okay. And then when I talked about it on my show, I was like, well, what are these wackos? Sorry. What are these wackos think? What, what is he supposed to do? How else is he supposed to do it? Are you telling me there is a way that's um, because I mean, that's a lot of birds. Is it? Cause a lot yeah. of people just think, well, there's no other way to do it. Is there no other way to do it? So yeah, seven years ago, he did the same thing with 5.5 million of his birds were killed and he got $11.3 million in taxpayer money for depopulating his birds this way. We knew that avian flu was going to happen again. It was inevitable. And they didn't put in and su supply, put <laughs> stockpiles to the supplies needed to do it in a better way. And certainly there's no humane way to kill this many birds, but there are alternatives. There are preferred methods. And um, it's especially hard using these cage systems that he has in place. And really he should have used this opportunity and our taxpayer dollars to develop a cage-free system, a more humane system, instead of relying on these out 
moded systems. But really, like when we start having these conversations, it's like, what is the problem we are trying to solve here? It, is it killing? How do we best kill five million animals? Or should we be putting our resources and energy into preventing the need to kill this many animals and really looking at our systems and asking, should we be housing, warehousing five million chickens in this way? And maybe we should develop a kinder food system when that doesn't mean that human beings have to commit these mass atrocities. Why and don't then you? Also how, be, I mean, how come, how, I mean, wouldn't, shouldn't, couldn't you? I mean, couldn't you and just, I mean, make something that's better for them that would be uh, as effective cost-wise and... You know what I mean? Is it, or, yeah. or, or are you just saying you go do it, you can do better? No, 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 no. Yeah, there are alternative methods for sure, but we have to look at the pragmatic approach. Okay, for before he's able to repopulate these birds, he needs to put in a method in place. And one of those methods are, are high expansion foam filled with CO2 or N2 that causes unconsciousness within one to 30 seconds and death within three minutes. Um, it, it cannot be used in the cage system he has, so he has to change that system. But using our taxpayer dollars, which he's going to be getting, he should change his business model to that. But it is he is in a high-risk business model that, of course, the taxpayers are supporting. They're not allowing him to take on the business risk that is inherent in this business model. And we really start to ha have to wonder, should the taxpayers be funding billionaires to rely and depend on and perpetuate an inherently risky business model that could very much lead to the next pandemic in human beings? Because avian flu could potentially create the next pandemic among humans. And that has been shown with flus in the past. If influenza virus outbreaks in the past. Um, and that future is coming. And we really have to look at like, what are we doing here? So the pr pragmatic approach is, yes, there is an alternative method using high expansion foam. But long term, we really have to look to the future and our structures in place that allow billionaires to commit these mass atrocities on in innocent animals. And that pose a threat to public health, too. Um, what, what? Ultimately, if they weren't using chickens for food, that would be great, right? Is that, I mean, are you ultimately, are you, are you thinking like that? Or are you thinking that you know full well that that's never going to happen? I mean, where's the mindset of the group? I mean, I, we disagree that that's not going to happen. You think about the, the changes that have happened throughout history. But right now, when we're killing this many birds, I you know, there was this brilliant op-ed by our friend Susanna Soto in the San Francisco Chronicle where she was actually a slaughterhouse worker and she had to kill seven to 800 chickens during her four hour shift at the slaughterhouse. And she talks about the mental toll that that takes. Slaughterhouse workers face one of the most dangerous professions in the United States. These are people from marginalized communities being exploited by billionaires like Glenn Taylor. And, you know, our food system does not have to rely on that for the rest of eternity. There are alternatives being developed and we can get all of the nutrients we need from plants. And John can talk about, you know, how social change has happened in the past and how we hope that our 
our food system can be transformed and revolutionized so that we don't have this much suffering on the planet. And, and yeah. John, and John, before you get to that, let me ask you this guys, sure. um, because I mean, it, with the clothes we wear, I mean, of, of animals affect nearly everything that is around us. Right. I mean, does, do you sometimes run the risk of any type of, uh, uh, being labeled as a hypocrite because, you know, you're, you might be utilizing the food chain to some degree, um, mm -hmm. maybe more than others, maybe less than others, but how does, how does that play with, with the group? Well, yeah, I mean, Eric, that's a good question. And you're right. I, I am a hypocrite. I think to, to an extent, um, every single one of us is because we were all born into this system that prior generations created that is so heavily dependent on animal exploitation. I mean, even if you don't eat any animal flesh, the fact is when you eat kale or broccoli or, or spinach or anything, animals were killed in the process of, of creating that food. Uh, it, you know, voles were, were ground to death in, in tilling. Uh, but I, that, I don't think that that is a reason to give up on creating change. I think it's, it should be motivation to change the system as a whole. Our group, one of the things that makes us unique, at least in the beginning, and I think this is, this is increasingly the case in the animal rights movement, is that we de-emphasize individual consumer change and we try to look at changing the system as a whole. And so the big part of this protest and kind of what we have been emphasizing in our press releases, which a lot of media outlets have talked about, is what Crystal said, which is the subsidies. The fact of the matter, that the fact that these companies, these mass animal exploitation facilities can only exist because you, Eric, and me, and Crystal, and everybody who's listening to this pay for it, right? Because you've got all these birds who are crammed into these facilities together. It's an extremely chaotic environment. They're all immunosuppressed and outbreaks are inevitable. And, and when they happen and these mass killings have to happen, it doesn't affect the business because then they just go to the USDA, which is captured by all of the major animal exploitation companies, Smithfields, Tysons, et cetera, and they get compensated for it. And so just one aspect of the system that we're trying to change is these subsidies. Because if we can start, if we can stop subsidizing these industries and we can start subsidizing plant-based, veganic, you know, regenerative permaculture, then we can, then that change will then flow through to the consumers and then we'll have a sustainable model. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And you're, and I, I appreciate you guys for talking on my level because it, <laughs> I, I sometimes, sometimes words bounce off me and you're doing a great job. Um, let me, let me ask you this, uh, the, like a lot of people I know, uh, go out and they'll, and they'll harvest a deer or elk and they'll, and they'll utilize the animal and, and, uh, uh you know, use the meat, you maybe uh -huh. even use the hide or something like that. Um, right. 
does that seem sustain? I mean, because I know that a lot of conservation officers they're looking at deer populations and looking at numbers and chronic wasting disease, and it's uh, they they, 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 they describe that um, if the population doesn't um, uh, isn't isn't harvested the way it should be by the hunters, there could lead to more problems. There's the balance involved. I'm sure you've all heard this before. Does that does that make any sense to you? Yeah. So what we found whenever humans try to kind of take control over a habitat by killing off some of the species. I mean, hunting is definitely a preferred alternative to factory farming. Unfortunately, there's just not enough land on planet Earth to feed people their current levels of meat consumption in a hunting model. But another problem with hunting is usually when you hunt, you end up killing off kind of the younger, or no, sorry, kind of the older animals who really um, help preserve an ecosystem. And when you kill off those older animals, a lot of younger animals come in, you have an actually increase in population that is detrimental to the environment. It kind of throws everything off. Um, they overgraze, that disrupts the delicate balance that nature had made. Um, so whenever you have human influence, we always end up messing it up instead of um, really helping out. Um, and this, this has been shown time and time again. Uh, one book I really loved was um, This Land by Christopher Ketchum, which really um, kind of describes how this happens. Um, but yeah, John, do you have any comments on that? No, I, I, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I mean, I think that the only thing that I would add is the, I think the underlying, the, the, the missing piece from the underlying philosophy of, of trying to intervene in wild animal populations is just seeing those animals as individuals. And I think that's because our society conditions us to, to not perceive animals as individual, uh, non-human animals rather, because human beings are animals also as individuals who have their own lives and their own families. And so like when people go, you know, I agree with Crystal, it is a preferred method to hunt than to, to factory farm. But at the end of the day, you're still killing an individual who has their own life and their own family. Maybe there are other animals who are now going to, to die also that you never even see because they were dependent on the animal that you just, whom, whom you just killed. And so, yeah. And just, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, just you, you're out there in nature and you see this beautiful deer. Don't you just want to enjoy them? We don't, don't have to eat meat. We, we know this, we have alternatives and we have wonderful whole food plant-based meals that we can eat that are healthy and give us everything we need. There's no need to inflict violence on another living being who's out there peacefully enjoying the world and nature. And, and I think that does something to us when we kill somebody needlessly like that yeah um your website direct action everywhere it says until every animal is free what do you mm -hmm. mean what do you mean by that what it, what it means is we're we're trying to create a world where it's the norm that people treat animals with compassion and that we we don't exploit animals we don't confine them we don't mutilate them we don't kill them we don't take them away from their, their babies, um, or their mothers. And we, we live in, we have like a, a mutualistic relationship with non-human animals. 
So I guess what I, I should clarify what I mean, I, the way that I think about this is like in, in biological terms, when you look at the relationships among species on earth, you classify them as, as mutualistic, where both species benefit as uh, a commensalism, where one species benefits and the other is not affected, and, and parasitism, where one species benefits and the other's harm. And when you look at the relationship that human beings have with all other animals on the planet, save for maybe dogs and cats, it's a parasitic relationship, right? And the problem with parasitism is that oftentimes parasites kill their host, right? And the relationship that human beings have, not just with other animals, but with the planet itself is a parasitic one. And we are killing the earth and, and what is driving the destruction of, of life on the planet, of, of the biosphere, is animal exploitation. And one very clear example of this is that 80 to 90% of the deforestation of the Amazon rainforest is caused by cattle ranchers. It's actually not the timber companies. It's not the strip miners. It's not the oil and gas companies. It's, it's people who are exploiting cows. And, and there's like, there's an underlying philosophy that's similar between people who destroy the planet and people who kill animals. In both cases, it's the idea of being, feeling free to extract money from someone else or something else, regardless of what other costs that creates for them or for others. So does that make sense? That's a, I don't know. No, it does. It does. And I, the, the reason why I brought it up is, you know, um, I'm trying to, I'm, 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 I'm getting an idea of, of where you are mm -hmm. and, 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 and how, you know, kind of like the basis for the group. And I, that, that's why I brought you on here. Totally. Um, I, um, and when I saw until any, any, till all the animals are free, I'm sorry, I'm screwing that up. Um, until every animal is free. I'm like, does that mean they don't like it that I have a dog? Do you, is it? Well, is, we, we have a, I have a dog. My, my wife I, rescued a dog from Bangalore and we love him very much. Okay, I, good. I'm yeah. Because you know, no. so there, there are people who would don't like it that someone has a dog, you know, and that, that yeah. does exist. So that's, that's kind of what I, I wanted to, um, to get at now. Uh, also on your website, you said that you guys uh, don't have anything to do with violence. Correct. Um, and, you know, the, the first, the lady glued her hand on there, which, you know, did her hand actually stick on the court? You know what I mean? Because they put, she, that's, I was, because uh, they, they got her out of there quickly. And then the second lady chained herself. It's funny because I watched the first lady put her uh, hand on the court and I was on this show. I said, they're doing it all wrong. Someone uh -huh. needs to chain themselves to the thing. Ah. And I, and then someone sent me an email and said, you called it. Cause you made it happen. But um, you know, whatever. Okay. Now this third lady, Great though, idea. She, she jumped right over Glenn Taylor and yeah. she didn't really, she didn't really make any contact or anything like that, but is this starting to get more heated? Do you think is there, I mean, because, and there was a security guard right next to her and he had his eye on her. That's why yeah. he was so, I mean, he knew it. I mean, what's, what's next for you guys? Are you getting, I mean, you uh, with uh, uh, John with legal counsel, do you, are they going to pick your brain say, Hey, what do you think? Well, I mean, we, we, <laughs> I, I mean, I think some like nonviolent doesn't necessarily mean that we're nice all the time and, and that we're not sometimes a huge pain in the ass. Um, I think we, we do these things, you, you know, because we're, we're trying to achieve an objective on behalf of beings we feel are being victimized. But I, I think, but there is a clear, 
but I mean, we, I, you know, I think that we all have an idea of what like a violent movement looks like. And, and that's just, that's not who we are. That's not that, you know, that's not the way that we want to go about creating change in the world, right. because I mean, we want the world to be, we want our tactics to reflect the world that we ultimately want to create. And yep. the world we want to create is a nonviolent world. That's one where fair. people don't hurt other human beings in addition to not hurting the environment or, or other animals. Did you, did you know any of those three ladies? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know all of them. Uh, we're all, we're, I've been friends with them for, for years. So did you, I mean, is it like you wake up and check your phone? You're like, Oh, something else is happening. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was pretty surprised. I had no idea that this was in the works and I was like, okay, all right, we're doing it. So I'm, I'm going to jump on Twitter and start explaining what's going on and talking about what's going on with animals. Okay. Um, that's Bruce behind me. He's a French bulldog. He's sound asleep. It's night, night time. Oh, I, got, sweetie. I got another one over here and there's two more in the back. We got cats, four dogs, two cats. Can you believe that? Wow. We're all, we're all about it. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to, I, I honestly, um, I, I would say most of the people that would have started this interview, would have been like, would have been like, boy, what's Eric getting himself into? But I, I was just curious. I just wanted to hear exactly where you were coming from. I thought that was fair to do yeah. that. And um, no, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. I, I, I can't say that I'm gonna, um, uh, uh, you know, I mean, do anything about it. I don't feel, sure. I don't feel compelled to do that right now. But I wanted to at least hear it from you to hear exactly what is going on here. You know. Well, I would say you've already done something. I mean, simply giving yeah. this opportunity to have an in-depth discussion um, is really helpful. I think you're, it's probably answering a lot of questions that people have. And our hope is that people will listen to these interviews and, and maybe they, you know, like you said, maybe they don't immediately take action, but at least it'll make them more skeptical next time a government official says we need to bail out this industry or something. Direct action everywhere. Uh, dot com and all the information will be in the links of the interview if people want to check out and see for themselves and talk to you and uh, do whatever they want to do so there you go i thank you guys so much uh for, for spending time okay all right all right have a good week you too take care bye-bye